There was an idea. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. I'm for the faster, baby. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. The beep, show beep, beep, beep. where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo. I am joined by the crew. We've got Peaches and we've got Chris Gentleman. Yeah. Welcome. I'm Chris. Chris Gentleman. Yeah, Chris Gentleman. My <laughs> name is Chris Gentleman. <laughs> you could feel him rapping at that time even more than last time. Hell yeah. 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 You're going to have to do an intro rap. Maybe. Uh, let me let me see if I can get Lynn on the line to write it for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you know you're on a first name basis. <laughs> yeah, me and, me and Lynn, Lynn go way yeah. back. Go way back, yeah. you know. Yeah. How you guys enough. doing? You guys doing well? I am. I am basically the exact same person as I was one week ago. Yeah, you might as well have just not <laughs> left this couch. I know. <laughs> I haven't done anything different. Uh, I've just watched one new episode of a show. Nice. Yeah. I'm happy for you. For you also watched several new episodes of a different show. Ah, uh, yeah, but uh, those are that's time I can't get back. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it was okay. I watched a spoiler. I watched. I think you should leave. I thought we were talking about Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, which I, ones? Uh, I think you should leave. The Tim Robinson show. Oh. 55 yeah. burgers, 55 french fries, 55 hot dogs. Some of those I think are really funny, and then some of them I'm like, why did I just watch that? We talked about that on the whole car ride over did here, you? and I do not understand it. The ones that are funny <laughs> seem to all be the ones that make it to TikTok. Yes. As long as they're on TikTok, I think they're funny. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I really like, are you on the third season? No, I finished the first two. Okay, well, there's one in the third season that I really like, but I won't talk about it here, or I'll just talk about it. So there's one. <laughs> where is it on TikTok? Yes. Then I've probably seen it. There's the one where the guy is on like he's uh, Tim Robbins is on like a dating show, and yeah. they have like the rose ceremony, and he's like one of the last two people. <laughs> yes. <and yes. laughs> she's like. Uh, she's the other guy. I think we have a connection, but I just don't. I just not feeling with you. And then she goes, and you, Tim. It just seems like you only want to use the zipline. <laughs> I think you're just here for the zipline. <laughs> yeah, that one is funny, but it made it to TikTok. So there you go. And the drive-through one is also funny. And the hot dog suit one. Yeah, that one. That one I thought was pretty funny. I do think actual. it's interesting when the new season comes out. Like, what is going to be the big meme that ends up being used? And now the answer is none of them because Reddit and Twitter are dead. But. <laughs> Wait, if, what happened? I know why Twitter's dead. What's what's happening with Reddit? So Reddit decided... So there's a lot of third-party apps that um, used to... Basically, you should be able to read Reddit off of third-party apps. Like, the the apps would go onto Reddit, and that you would it would be a better um, user experience and things like that. Sure. Reddit wants you to use the Reddit app, and so it banned all third-party apps. Oh. Or I think that they raised the price of the API, like... To the point to where the point where they effectively banned them without banning them. Yeah. They made it, oh. they made it so it's financially not viable for them. So they all just shut down. Right. And like so this past week. There was a week huh. there was like a week where every single Reddit closed. They were like, We are closing until Reddit decides to reopen and Reddit sent out threatening emails to all the subreddits being like if you don't reopen the to the moderators, they were like, If you don't reopen, we'll ban you and just replace you. So reopen these subreddits. Huh. 
Interesting. Right. That's crazy. Uh, is there a competitor to Reddit? Could these people just move there their will boards? Be, there Everybody will go be. back to dig. <laughs> Let's go to Tumblr. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Bring back Zanga. Tumblr. Let's just there do message boards again, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, game FAQs. Hell yeah. Huh. Well, I wanted to take a second because we got an email. Uh, it was a few months ago, but it was when we were uh, uh, on our little hiatus. And I wanted to read it out here uh, because it's a very, very nice email from Brom. Uh, Brom is writing to us, and he says, Dear Eduardo, Chris, Robbie, and Peach, since you guys have been inactive for a while, I'm not sure whether or not this will reach you, but I have been feeling the need to do this for a while. So here goes. Real short introduction of me. I'm Brom, 22 years old, and I live in the Netherlands. Started watching the MCU back when COVID first hit. I had heard people gush about it before, but in usual me style, I jumped on the bandwagon quite late. Because of the pandemic, I watched all the, at the, that point, 23 movies in quite a short period and then fell in a complete hole like you do when finishing a big project or binging TV series. Like with most of my fandoms, I searched for podcasts about the MCU just to keep enjoying to try to dig deeper and learn more. That's how I came across Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. I gotta say, it's very exciting to know that we come up in searches still. Hell yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that SEO. Let's go. I listened to every episode except for The Incredible Hulk. Haven't seen it. Sorry, Eduardo. Yo, you can fix that. It's on Disney Plus they, now. They I don't know if it's on Disney Plus. Plus in the Netherlands, though. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. I don't know, uh, I don't know where it point. is. But, uh, but yeah, uh, check. That might be now. And, and really enjoyed hearing you guys talking about it. I learned some stuff I didn't know, felt happy when you noticed the same stuff I did, and generally felt like I found some new friends in a very weird parasocial way. During COVID, I was going through quite the depression, doing better every day, which we love to hear. And I believe you guys partially helped me to not completely lose my mind by making me feel safe and comforted. Uh, a while after that, I listened to some of the episodes about my personal favorite MCU entries. Listening to you guys made me happy. When Marvel started putting out stuff for Phase 4, I was looking out for new episodes of the podcast and really enjoyed hearing you guys theorizing, discussing, and bringing up storks. During <laughs> WandaVision, I actually wrote in once. And I actually went back and found that email. And uh, he would like you, Peaches, to know that if you ever make that Avatar of the Last Airbender podcast, he'll be the first listener. <laughs> We're going to... When we when we get our regular stuff sorted out, we're gonna figure this stuff out. Hell yeah! We need to talk about Ang. Yeah, I agree. I need first off, it's, I'm just due for a rewatch. Yeah, we need to talk about Toph as well. Oh my god, the best character in the show. Okay, well. <laughs> okay, we, Uncle Iroh. We need to discuss. No, right. Like, of course, Iroh is number one. Yeah, like that's also, not fair. My guy Sokka does put in a lot of work. Listen, and it's not Toph's fault, but Sokka's in the whole series, and Toph is yeah, in like half of it. That's fair. There's not a bad character in the show. You're not wrong. That's the great thing about Avatar. And I, especially to you, Katara haters, there's not a bad character. There's in the Katara show. haters. Yes, there are people that despise Katara and think she's because she, she's very like, oh no, my mom. Because she, she's a strong girl. No, it is more about how like when she's with Zuko, she always talks about her mom and how her mom died and how it like makes her really sad. And then Zuko's right there being like, yeah, my mom also left. <laughs> but yeah, and, like everyone has their thing that they <laughs> I go know, back to. I, I think that's where people. Man, I wish Ang would stop talking about how he's the only Airbender left. <laughs> what an idiot! What an asshole! What a such a jerk! We get it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> So back to the email. Last year, I rewatched the Infinity Saga with my girlfriend who hadn't seen any of it, which also gave me a great excuse to re-listen to the whole podcast from the start. Again, without the Incredible Hulk. Sorry, Eduardo. Come on, man. Just <laughs> give it a try. I promise you'll feel 
at least medium about it. The past <laughs> few weeks, I've been working really hard at finishing my degree, and I've been re-listening uh, to a few episodes again. One of those was the 100th episode celebration. You talked about the downloads the show gets, and that's when I realized I kind of misjudged the amount of plays you guys get. I was actually kind of amazed by how little it was. Thanks. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> because of the amount of joy I get from the show and the quality of episodes. And it's really interesting because to us... That, it's not a little. Yeah, it is, we're like, uh, oh my god, I, I can't believe I, more than ten people are listening. Right, that there are people we don't know. <laughs> I know. I mean, you're literally writing to us from the Netherlands, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought you guys were much bigger. This might be also because my brain makes things from the USA automatically bigger because I'm from uh, quite a small country where things have a relatively smaller audience than the international content I consume. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. Texas is here, so that does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah we sense. get it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure what my point is here. I guess I just wanted to share my gratitude and respect for what you guys do. I have experience with producing podcasts, and it can be quite hard, especially if it's not your day job. You deserve all the praise. That's also why I want you guys to know that this email is not in why are there new, no new episodes email. I have no idea what's going on in your personal lives, so I always assume there's a good reason why there's no new content. Just know that I'll be there when you do drop new stuff. I guess that's it. Just a little well-deserved love from across the ocean. Big hugs to all of you, your spouses, dogs, children, and whoever probably also deserves one, Brom. Hell yeah. That, Hell yeah. When uh, Eduardo uh, sent that to us a couple days ago to read, I was, uh, it, was, it was very, very nice to, to read the things that you said. So thank you very much. Like it, That really does mean a lot to all of us. That it, I, I was saying it's crazy that we have inside jokes uh, with people on the other side of the planet that we've never met. That we're all joking about how much Eduardo loves the Incredible Hulk and hates the Helicarrier. <laughs> you know? Like that's insane, and it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was nice to read. I am yeah. more than happy to be the butt of your jokes. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> I'm not being facetious even a little bit. If I, if me being dumb could make you laugh, I'm all for it. I also want to say, like, just shout out to everybody that is a part of this community. That's not those of us on the mic whether you're in the Discord or not, because, you know, we took this hiatus and we've talked about it a little bit. We've let y'all know. And everybody has just been really, really cool, um, really, like, supportive. Yeah, we uh, really appreciate that. And understanding. And as, as a person who has done content creation in another way before, you know, with the stream stuff and taken large breaks from that, you know, it's nice to not feel, like, guilty when stuff gets in the way of the things you want to do supplementary you know for like, sure so thank thank you to brahm and everyone yeah and uh i'm it was nice to hear that we helped you and you know hopefully some other people during the extremely depressing time that was you know uh, the pandemic and uh i know that it helped this podcast helped me i know you know it was a way that we were able to keep in touch and that helped me a lot when I felt like we were not able to really participate in the world and uh, you're finishing up your degree. So good luck and or congratulations wherever you are on that. Hell yeah. yeah. That shit's not, that is not easy. Also, Netherlands, let's go socialism. (laughs) Yeah. I said like, fuck Ron DeSantis last time. And here I'm like, being like, (laughs) I'm leaving it. All all the cards are on the table, right? (laughs) There's no illusion about what side of the fence I love. While you're, while we're thanking you for your, your email to us, do you have a spare couple rooms? (laughs) Do you want to like have us live there permanently? My my cousin lived in the Netherlands for uh, about a year. Um, She was doing, 
grad work there. Nice. She's an immunologist, and she did a. You're working in a lab over there. Did she like it? She did. Yeah. Ooh, this, listen. Yeah, and that's uh, that's why I know that the cheese is pronounced Hauda and not Gouda. Although I'm always <laughs> going to still call it Gouda because if I went up to the Publix Deli and said I'd like a chicken tender sub with some chipotle Hauda, they would stare at me and ask me to leave. I think you should leave. Yeah. Wow. Full circle. There we go. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep calling it that because that way, anytime I have a sandwich with that on there, I can be like, mm, this is so Gouda. Yeah, I know. And You're I missing out on I can't make that opportunities. joke uh, if I, you know. Well, you could say, how does this taste so good? <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> also, I need to issue a correction. So last episode, I talked about our new puppy. He's here with us. He's uh, with Chris right now. He kind of is bouncing between the three of us just like. You know, hanging out. He also should not be eating that book, so get that away from him. And one time, an extension (laughs) cord. (laughs) Um, It's funny because we were talking about Avatar, and I said his name was Zuko, but Zuko didn't really stick. It wasn't what fit him right, and we ended up calling him what I originally wanted to call him, which was Miles. He is named after Miles Morales. Uh, and he's my little boy. He's named after the unit of Besides my other little boy, who's my actual son. <laughs> <laughs> my boy. He's my little guy, you know. Yeah. He comes and hangs out with me when my son's not here, so I don't feel lonely. Thanks, Miles. <laughs> and so today we have a riveting episode of <laughs> Secret Invasion to discuss. Secret Invasion, episode two. Promises, written by Kyle Bradstreet Promises. and directed once again by Elise Salim. No, just me. I have no idea what you're talking Nero about. Nero and Ellie Golding. Promises. Bah, bah, bah. I just Promises. Song from the 80s, I think, that goes, Promises, Promises. I don't know the rest well. of it. Yeah, you say promises, and I think of the Lil Wayne line, promises, promises, I hope I never break them. Met a female dragon, had a fire conversation. <laughs> so, uh, that, wow. I don't are, know that. We are all on very yeah. different wavelengths. No, no idea what that is, but it was it was, it was it. fire. I love it. <laughs> uh, so the summary is going to be brought to us by Remus Nora, Norana from Collider. Episode begins in 1995 with a recap of how Fury first entered, encountered the Skrulls, met Talos, and promised to find the aliens their own home as seen in Captain Marvel. I will stop it right here because I felt it strange that we didn't do this. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all next week. (laughs) I I did think it was kind of strange we didn't do this um, initial Captain Marvel recap before the first episode. I guess it made sense here because we were taking this was taking place kind of like right afterwards. Yeah, but I felt like. They were like, oh, here's everything that happened in Captain Marvel that was also really important in the first episode, but it kind of makes some sense time-wise to have it in the second episode, so we're going to put it here. Like, yeah. If you were a person who needed this recap, I would have been like, where the hell was this in the first episode? <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it definitely worked in this episode since it led directly into a couple years later. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't remember that, then that first episode... Well, if you don't remember that, then your chances are you weren't interested in the show in the first place because half of it is, oh, Nick Fury and the Skrulls are back. And you kind of, the only way you're invested in that is if you watch Captain Marvel. And then they're like, what's a scroll? And you're like, nothing. What's, what's a, a scroll, scroll with, with you? you? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh, back to me. He didn't like that joke. <laughs> well, they're not going to get any better over here, buddy. I'm going to warn you right now. 
so the show then cuts to Brixton, London in 1997, where Fury is building his first network of Skrull agents. A female Skrull called Vara introduces Fury to a young Gravik, a Skrull child whose parents were killed by the Kree. Escaping from behind enemy lines, Gravik piloted a ship on his own and made it to Earth. Vara thinks he could be a good fit for their network and asks Fury to talk to him. Fury forms a bond with Gravik, bringing him into the fold. Later, Talos addresses the Skrulls, reiterating his faith in Fury, and Fury in turn promises the Skrulls that in exchange for their help working as the spies, he and Carol Danvers will find them a new home. The Skrulls agree and wholeheartedly join him. Back in the present day, Gravik and Gaia, Talos' daughter, leave the site of their terrorist attack. The Skrull Brogan, pretending to be an American, is arrested by the Russians just as Talos manages to get Fury away. Oh wait, I missed my opportunity to interrupt you. So I'm going to do it again, but in a I'm going to do it in a different spot. Did we learn that the the like scroll greeting is the whole thing yeah, where Yeah, like that is a traditional scroll yeah, greeting so, yeah. forehead. So it wasn't touch. really that there was a like there I mean there could be, but it wasn't necessarily that there was like an intimacy level I think by the end between, of this episode it's pretty clear there was not that it was not. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a bummer. Yeah. Because I personally would have loved to see the Fury Talos love story. Yeah. But <laughs> what we're getting instead is fine. Yeah. Sure. I'm just saying missed opportunity. But now we know that it was just Nick Fury uh, respecting scroll culture. Yeah. 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 Which I think is just as cool. Yeah. yeah. Same. Interesting the way they're doing this. And I'm, I'm glad we're finally seeing like, oh, so he was young with Fury and... It's pretty easy to see, like, oh, Fury didn't give them what he promised, and yeah. that's how he got disillusioned. How he got so radicalized, probably from you know being a child of war. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I gotta say, this is what I, I brought up last week. I, was, I hope they don't drag this out, and they did not. Yep. I'm very glad that now we understand the personal stakes between Fury and Gravik. Yep. I think that that makes you uh, that already makes me feel a lot more invested in in this going forward. They're, they can do a lot of their twisty intrigue stuff, but at least emotionally, we know what, what this story is about now. Yeah. I, we've talked about it, I feel like, to the to death at this point, but it is refreshing to see them not just be like, the big mystery is you don't know who the bad guy is, or like, yeah. this is the character, like the character is the mystery, whereas like... No, the mystery should be the mystery, whatever the mystery is, right? Yeah. I don't mind there being a mystery. I just don't want it to be like, it feels almost like too easy at this point to be like, we're doing a mystery character. Who is this mysterious person? Find out the second to last episode. I mean, if you recall, that was kind of my problem with Captain Marvel, the movie. Sure. I, I enjoy that movie quite a bit, but I think it suffered because... Carol was a mystery for most of that movie. Sure. She didn't know who she was until like the final act. Sure. Which is one of the reasons I think I'm excited for the Marvels. Besides, it just looks like a ton of fun from the trailers. That being said, and we, ha- I don't, I have not listened to our Captain Marvel episode. I don't remember what my opinions on this were. I did appreciate them. The, the like bait and switch. Cause I think you go into that movie, you see the scrolls, you go, Oh, the scrolls, are the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, really yeah. cool that they were like, actually the scrolls, peaceful yeah not so bad yeah they're not so bad Mm -hmm. and now we're getting uh a hint that maybe they weren't as peaceful as they presented themselves initially some of them right yeah well well no they're talking about them and like their their original war with the kree oh yeah yeah Yeah. one of them says that they liked they were too willing to wage war 
and that's part oh in the why, council meeting yeah. yeah yeah with shooter mcgavin yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that's an interesting wrinkle we'll, which will uh and of course address as we move on but yeah with the, the problem i'm realizing t- talking through it right now one of the big issues i think that i have with the mystery box stuff is when they get so focused on making things mysterious and it's not even that they're not giving us enough information to understand it's that they lose sight of why we should care. The mystery in WandaVision worked because I think the relationships were still the most important part of that. And we got invested in that Loki, same thing. You know, that was, uh, you know, a big mystery, like what's going on? What's the TVA really? But we were really getting invested in Loki's relationship with uh, Mobius and with Sylvie. Like, they grounded all that really well. And when they just kind of punt that stuff and were like, oh, we're going to confuse you and trick you and reveal at the end and they don't focus on the right things, then uh, that's when it starts to fall flat. You... Uh, I just had a stupid stork thing. Uh-huh. Hey, let's go. But but the problem is, I don't remember. Have you played God of War Ragnarok? I have not, no. Have you watched the story? No. Oh, I know what you're saying. What if, what if that? So what if you think there's no mystery box because we, I'm doing air quotes, people, solved what this mystery between Gravik and Nick Fury was, but if you know the plot to God of War Ragnarok, what if that? <laughs> Who would it? I don't know. Maybe that's the mystery. I think. I'm so sorry for this, Chris. <laughs> and anybody that hasn't played God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about it too much more in this context. I'll probably bring it up later and not refer to God of War Ragnarok. So I don't, I don't want to spoil anyone. Um, so I'll bring this up later. Not talking about God of War Ragnarok. Because I have okay. something to say about it, but I don't want it to be tied to God of War Ragnarok to not put things in people's head. Okay. So I'm going to say something later, and it could be anything I say throughout the rest of the podcast. Well, now you put a mystery box in the podcast. Hey, episode, there we because go. now, what is he talking about that could be God of War the, Ragnarok? The good either, news is everyone already is invested in our relationship. You either die <laughs> a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain yeah. and put a mystery box in your episode. <laughs> After the opening credits, we find ourselves on a train from Moscow to Warsaw, where Russian soldiers are looking for Nick Fury. They knock on a compartment and ask the woman inside whether she's seen him, but she laughs and says that they're more likely to find an alien on the train rather than a black American. The soldiers leave, and the woman turns into Talos with Fury coming out of the bathroom. It's kind of a funny meta joke, to be mm. honest. That's it. Just more likely to find an alien on the train as the I alien. I bet he was proud of himself yeah. for that one. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> As they talk, Fury reminisces about his childhood, telling Talos how he would ride the train from Alabama to Detroit with his mother and referencing a game they used to play called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. One time, Fury's mother asked him to tell him something she didn't know about him and a girl called Susie, whom he was seeing at the time. He obviously lied to her, but just the fact that he'd lied was enough to tell her everything she needed to know. He didn't just lie. He said, what did he say? That I her, saw a spotted turtle. He said, me and Susie used to play doctor behind the shed. Yeah, they yeah. had a standing game of doctor. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I I noticed when... Uh, um, the episode started, it said TV 14 for intensely suggestive dialogue. And I guess that was it. Oh. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I think this should have been rated TV 17 or 18. And I'll talk about it later. But 
Oh, yeah. Not for that. Well, because... For the fingy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because yes. the violence from last episode just got ramped up. Yeah. I think... Oh, we'll talk about it later. Our fi- It's like one of our catchphrases. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, I missed that. We'll talk about it later. Uh. Fury asked Talos about the destruction of Skrullos. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I do want to interrupt real quick before we move on to the destruction of Skrullos. <laughs> Skrullos, home of the Skrulls. <laughs> uh. uh, Skrullopolis, capital of Skrullos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Kree get like, we're from Hala, and uh, the Skrulls like, we're from Skrullos. Um, but the... Uh, I loved Nick Fury talking about his childhood uh, just because it's always interesting to be reminded, oh, yeah, there was a time before he was Nick Fury where he was just a regular person. He was Nicholas. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah it's like because he, he told that story in, in, Little um, Nicky. Uh, in Winter Soldier, right, where he talks about his grandma with the gun in her purse. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. You know, it honestly makes me think, like, calling him Little Nicky makes me think of like, Nick Fury, but like as a Peanuts cartoon. Oh <laughs> like yeah, him as a child is that's how I imagine I mean, I, it. <laughs> I immediately thought of Adam Sandler, but you know, sure. That's the obvious route. Yeah. <laughs> Fury asks Talos about the destruction of Skrullos, the Skrull homeworld, and Talos shows, shares how they were under attack and how once they realized that they couldn't win, the million Skrulls who were left fled for their lives. Fury then asks about the Skrulls that fled, and Talos admits that they are on Earth. All one million of them. This shocks Fury, who says that Talos lied to him, but Talos argues that his people were being hunted across the universe. Summoning them to Earth was the only way to keep them safe. Talos hopes that with Fury's help, humans and scrolls could coexist on Earth. But Fury doesn't think that's even remotely possible. Humans can't coexist with each other. And he's not wrong, yeah. yeah. says Fury, making it clear that there is no room for the scrolls on Earth. He orders Talos to get off the train, and the scrolls uh, does so, leaving Fury to deal with the enormity of what he's learned. In London, Maria Hill's mother, Elizabeth, collects her daughter's casket as the former director of S.H.I.E.L.D. is given a full military send-off. Elizabeth meets Fury there, and he tells her that Maria died because someone was trying to hurt him. Angry that he's the reason Maria's dead, Elizabeth asks Fury to make sure her daughter didn't die for nothing. I I thought it was very interesting that they brought in Maria's mother just because that tells us something about Nick Fury that we didn't know before. The fact that he knew and had a relationship with Maria Hill's mother. And she talks about how you're Nick Fury. She wouldn't do anything for you. So the fact that, you know, he sees her, recognizes her right away. You know, maybe he's had dinner at their house or something. I don't know what it is. Maybe she has some sort of military history herself. But just the fact that there is some kind of standing relationship between the director of shield and like his second in commands family. You know, that tells you that, you know, it wasn't just that he trusted Maria Hill as a colleague, but like that they had a actual human connection there too. And I, I just thought that was just a, a really kind of cool thing to see. Something I never really gave any thought to. A series of news clips illustrate the fallout of the Scrolls terrorist attack. Over 2,000 people have been killed, and the suspect in custody has been identified as an American. The Prime Minister of the UK has condemned the attack, and the NATO Security General claims they are gathering intelligence about the bombing. Russia looks poised to declare war with the U.S., but American authorities insist that they have no involvement. Gaia drives Gravik to, to a meeting uh, of the Scroll Council. On the way, she asks him how he knew Fury would show up. Gravik doesn't know for sure, but he would hoped he would. 
He makes it clear that he doesn't think Fury will be a threat, saying that he could have killed him right then if he wanted to. At the council meeting, Gravit goes in without Gaia, giving her a gun and telling her to shoot the guard if he isn't back in an hour. As Gravik enters the meeting, both the Prime Minister and the Secretary General are revealed to be scrolls and members of the Council. And Shooter McGavin. <laughs> the, shooter, uh, the Scroll Council, led by a scroll <laughs> named Shirley, makes it clear that they want to punish Gravik. The young scroll leader, on the other hand, argues that they were abandoned by Fury and the humans. He sees no way forward except a war, one that they will win. The security general asks him what he'll do if the Avengers return, but Gravik says he's thought of that already, asking the council to put their faith in him. The prime minister is revealed to be working with Gravik and turns the council over to his side, naming him general and giving him complete, unchecked power. That's never gone wrong for anyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think this is like a like a Julius Caesar thing? You think the people that are with him are going to stab him in the back? I wonder. You know the old saying, absolute power uh, corrupts never, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shirley refuses to submit to Gravik, and surely she can't be serious. But he allows her to go free, appearing impressed by her principles. Shirley leaves the meeting and calls Talos, letting him know about Gravik's new promotion. Talos asks Shirley to set up a meeting between him and Gravik in a public place to talk about Gaia. At New Skrullis, the rebellion celebrates Gravik's ele- uh, elevation, but Gaia notices Gravik telling Pagon something. She follows Pagon to a secret lab where two scientists are working with mysterious DNA samples to make some sort of machine. From the conversation between Pagon and one of them, Dr. Rosa Dalton, we find out that Gravik and Pagon are working for something called the Harvest, which a scientist need for their work. So far, they have been unsuccessful. Yeah, we got to talk about this. The next next paragraph has the um. It's either the next point or the point after this has exactly. I'll, sh- what I'll we shut want to up talk for about. one paragraph. Yeah, uh, it is not. It's not the next paragraph. Yeah, I think it might I be. Will it's, it's, shut it's, up it's, for maybe it's an undisclosed amount of paragraphs later. Okay, I will yeah. shut up for two paragraphs. Yeah. The European Union heads of state and the UK Prime Minister calls an emergency uh, security summit in London, which James Rhodes attends as a representative of the United States. The other nations question Rhodey about Fury and Hill's presence at the site of the terror attack in Moscow. He insists that while he is aware of allegations that Fury and Hill were there, if they actually were in Moscow, it would have been as private citizens. He also tells and that while the U.S. is sensitive to their concerns, the president doesn't care about what they have to say unless they can bring up some credible evidence that the U.S. was involved in the attack. After the summit, Rhodey gets a call from Fury and agrees to meet him for a drink. They meet up at a tavern, and Fury admits to Rhodey that he was trying to stop the attack, which has nothing to calm Rhodey down. Fury then divulges the scroll thread. Rhodey suggests calling in the Avengers, but Fury insists that that would be too dangerous. If the Skrulls could duplicate the Avengers and their powers, that would be game over for humanity. Fury wants to fight this war on his own, but he wants Rhodey to back him up, which the former Avenger refuses to do. Rhodey then fires Fury. However, fully showing himself to be the old spy master we all know and love, Fury tells Rhodey, I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. Peaches, uh... let's talk about that line. <laughs> Well, that's not what I was going to talk about. I know. But that I, that did not do it for me. That opposite did it for me. It, it did I, it for me. I, I'm not going to lie. If, if I was metaphorically at noon, I went straight to six. Like, I <laughs> I just don't... It, there's, there's, there's cheesy, there's like Marvel acceptable cheesy, and then there's like... Dude, we get it. Like... <laughs> To me, that was, uh, we get it. You're Nick Fury. You're a narcissist. Like, 
Wh- why? Let, why do we need that? Let, let me tell you why it worked for me, unless you have more you, you wanted to say. No, I just, to... like, it made me cringe. It, okay. it gave me secondhand embarrassment. Well, Angela and I watched it this morning, and that line happened, and we both kind of laughed, and I said, that was really stupid. Yeah. I think I loved it. <laughs> uh, because, first of all, I think Samuel L. Jackson is the only actor I will accept saying something like that. Um, but also, it actually, this is the first Nick Fury I think we have seen in this show. He has been feeling sorry for himself. Everyone's been talking about, oh, you're not the same Nick Fury, not the same Nick Fury. And then finally, this, he's like standing up for himself. He's like, all right, this is like when he decides, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge now. And I don't know. The moment he gets fired. Yeah. Like I said, I thought it was, it was stupid, but it worked for me. But I don't, I get why it wouldn't work for a lot of people. But I have a high tolerance for stupid sometimes. In I the do right too. Context. I love stupid things. Like there's, uh, there's a whole list of terrible movies that I love because of how terrible they are. Shout out to Jingle All the Way. <laughs> but like this is there's there's camp and then there's whatever's beyond camp. <laughs> Could you imagine when they make the porn parody of this? They don't have to change the line at all. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm out, I'm in. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, also, Rhodey seemed like a huge dick in this scene. Yeah. And you I said, think he's a scroll. Yeah, you said in the Discord that you think he might be one? Yeah, I think, I think one... I am anticipating more than one character secretly being a scroll. Sure. Because Naturally. It is it's sort of how they tease the whole show. They were like, it could yeah. be anyone. Your mom's a scroll. It, it could even be a boat. <laughs> and I think that would be a good candidate for someone who was a scroll that yeah. has been taken and blah blah blah. Sure. I mean he didn't seem that surprised when they were having that conversation and I mean that was part of the conversation yeah. was like you know your whole board is infiltrated by scrolls, and he's like, "Yeah, yep, yeah." It was interesting, you know, because I mean they talked about like they got some like social commentary in there too, um, because this is the first time Nick Fury and Rhodey have interacted on screen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like two of the major black characters in the MCU, and this is the first time that we're actually seeing them together. I thought that was interesting. And clearly there's a lot of history there. You know, Fury pretty much says, I got you that job. Uh, so part of, uh, there was part of me thinking, oh, I guess this is the real roadie. But then I remembered that, oh, these scrolls are like taking people's memories now, too. So it's very possible that they have gotten roadie. And maybe, okay, I'm, I'm going to stork now. Yeah, um, let's stork, th- baby. This is, this is, I had not thought of this at all. I'm just saying this as I'm thinking of it. Uh, Sharon Carter. Um, I think she's a scroll, and she called somebody when she got pardoned, and talked about how they were going to have access to all this technology. I think she might have even like mentioned the Iron Man armors and stuff. Hmm. So maybe she got was able to get to Rhodey and got him replaced. I cannot remember to save my life what her title was in Madripoor. Oh, the uh, um, the. Uh, uh, the the bad person. The, <laughs> I want to. I keep wanting to say taskmaster, and that's not. That's it. what I keep saying. Yeah, but my it, yeah. brain's like, call her the taskmaster. Did it start with a T? The, I, uh, the the the, the uh, yeah. 
Whatever. Help us, Eduardo. You're our only hope. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'd get out my phone and look, but the dog is sitting right next to my pocket. But that's cheating. That ain't happening. That's cheating. Yeah. The the mm, the 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 next ten minutes of the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be us trying to remember. (laughs) I keep almost having it. Uh, Someone's listening to this and going, well, uh, "How many of you, you driving down idiots, the road shouting at us? You aren't allowed to have a podcast if you don't know that Sharon Carter's the." I thought it was going right. to come out. I thought <laughs> it was going to come out. I, yeah. I've got it. Uh, what is it? The oh, the p- power broker. He got it. Power ah! broker. Yeah. <laughs> Why I, did we think I there was a T? going to wake up your son. <laughs> I don't know. Not a T in that at all. Not at all. Not even in the end. Yeah. All right, well, let's go back to spilling the tea. <laughs> While Fury comes to terms with being an agent of nothing, Sonia Fallsworth visits the place where oh. the Russians are questioning the captured skull. What was he fired from? Shield doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I don't know, but he said you're fired. Maybe sword? Oh, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, maybe. I guess Saber might be Saber, some kind sorry. of... Well, I think Saber is technically just a space station. I could yeah. be totally wrong about that. Whereas Sword is the Sword is the organization. Sure. Also, I feel like we're more than two paragraphs. Do we? This is, it's the same paragraph. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we do go back to what was on the screen. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. I just want to make paragraph. sure we don't it's, miss it. It's next. Okay. Uh, Sonia Fallsworth visits the place where the Russians are questioning the captured skull terrorist. She takes over, setting the Russians out of the room, and starts her interrogation by cutting off a finger to check whether the person, the prisoner, <laughs> is a scroll or not. That was, was brutal, but then it turned great. It's like, oh, that's actually smart. <laughs> it was insane that they showed this on screen to me. Yeah. One, because I've never seen anything so gruesome in a Marvel movie that like maybe like like it made me squeamish. I was like, oh my god, like this is incredibly violent. I get that it's an alien, so it's like it's okay to we don't have to we can't torture humans. We can torture aliens. I'm doing finger quotations for everybody listening. You can watch which is where you put those fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Coleman might show up. <laughs> uh, incredibly violent. A few scenes later, we see someone shot right in the forehead, blood everywhere. Yeah. Like dead center. Another thing that I didn't think we would see, there are people shot in MCU movies, but you never see the blood and the bullet wounds. They just kind of fall over. Yeah. So yeah. you can make the assumption that they are dead, but someone literally being shot right in the forehead blood splatters on the wall they fall to their death with blood streaking that's yeah it's much more realistic um i don't necessarily want to say gruesome although you know the finger cutting absolutely is gruesome and that's one of those things where it's like i think it's because it's such a small thing cutting off someone's finger but you can imagine like how hard that is like like it makes you cringe you know biting Uh, through someone's finger uh is the same like takes the same amount of force as biting a carrot. Yeah, God. listen, I've heard that before and I've not tried to bite my finger off, but I have eaten a carrot. The, your the, body the, won't let you. The problem is is that your body won't let you. You put your mouth on your your finger and your body's like like your brain tells you not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's why I don't like know. if you ever bite your tongue, it hurts so much because yeah. it is an accident. So your brain can't stop it. You're just like chewing, chewing, chewing mm-hmm. normally, and then you bite down on your tongue with your full Chewing force yeah. and it hurts like hell. The chewing force. Yeah, the chewing force. We all <laughs> we are all part of the chewing force. <laughs> um, yeah, this this is uh yeah, this is some banshees banshees of industry and well, stuff. Guys. And I, it's pretty violent. I expected. Here's what I would have expected to happen: is them show her get close with the scissors, pan to his like cut to his face going ah yeah, and then cut to the finger transforming on the ground yeah, not 
keeping the shot, showing her chop the whole thing off, showing the severed part of his hand, uh-huh. and then the f- severed finger <laughs> turns green turns in her green. hand. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if that's going to be, if, if that's just like a theme for this show as being gruesome, or if it's going to carry forward into other Marvel stuff, because in the beginning, we've talked about how like the beginning of the MCU was like, these are mostly action movies, but they have Marvel and then it turned into what it became. And this, it kind of feels like full circle moment because we're back to like full violence. This is like Daredevil yeah, kind of stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if Daredevil is this level of violent as well. Born again next year. Sure. I think it has to be. Possibly even. Maybe Arrow. this is That's how they test question. the water for that. Yeah. I, I think it is going to be less violent than its, its show was because that show was very violent. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think it will still be the most violent thing in the yeah. MCU. They're not going to crush anyone's head in a I door. Think right. We are now we are going to be seeing them with the amount of stuff that they are planning on putting out. And granted, they are slowing down a little bit. Uh, for any number of reasons. <laughs> Thank God, because we couldn't keep it up. Was, it was <laughs> hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that they're like, you know, not everything has to be aimed at exactly the same audience anymore. Yeah. You know, they've been aiming for that four quadrant, kids and adults, men and women, everybody loves it with all their movies. But now they can devote six episodes to a brutal, violent spy thriller like this is going to be, or 18 episodes to Daredevil. Uh, we're getting a Deadpool movie. That's ob- but that is rumored to include some of our MCU friends from very not super violent things. Um, I don't know if we are talking about rumors or not on this. I don't even know what you're talking. Yeah, Sam, about. what are you what are you talking about? Uh, the rumor is that uh, Mobius and Loki are going to be in Deadpool three. Huh. Oh, interesting. Because at the, the end of Deadpool two. He goes back in time and messes with a bunch of stuff. Uh, so the so the TVA could be coming for him now that the multiverse is like completely opened up. Even though he was in a different universe when this happened, now the TVA is aware of it and can go get him. And that is the theory on how that Deadpool ends up in the MCU. Interesting. Universe. I like it. Yeah, I would love to see Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston in Deadpool three. That yeah. would be amazing. But. <laughs> Deadpool 3 sounds really interesting because it's not just a rehash of Deadpool 1 like Deadpool 2 was. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember Deadpool 2. It was just, do you remember Deadpool 1? <laughs> yeah. That was it. Add the, <laughs> yeah, add the juggernaut to it. <laughs> yeah, add the juggernaut, that was it. Did he say I'm the juggernaut? There bitch? are some, there remember. are obviously some. No, he some, did an X-Men 3 instead. Oh. There are some deviations. It's the same movie. Oh, like, okay. If you've seen the first one, you've seen, hmm. you've seen both of them. All right, Peach. Here's the thing. <laughs> Back at New Skrullis. Ha ha. We're like, wiki, wiki. <laughs> we called our planet Skrullis. What are we going to call our new place? I don't know. New Skrullis? <laughs> I love it. Uh, what's that plant <laughs> called? Oh, the Skrull fruits? <laughs> the Skrull tatoes? <laughs> Fucking Smurfs! Like, why, did this, why is there what scroll a, and everything? This is so scroll and ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Gaia looks up Rosa Dalton on the computer, <laughs> finding a list of DNA samples the scrolls have collected from all sorts of people and creatures. We see Groot, Call Obsidian of the Black Order, the Jotunheim Frost Beast, and Extremis technology in the database, which is interesting. So. For anybody that is unaware, mm-hmm. uh, Super Scroll is a character in 
it's the Super Scroll. Uh, they're a character in the comics, very well known, also in Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah. Um, typically, Super Scroll has the powers of the Fantastic Four. Clearly, that's not what they're going to do with this one because it looks like he's going to have I these four know. powers. Well, but listen, though, these four powers are the Fantastic Four powers. Yeah, what is the power of a Frost Beast? Yeah, that that that's the only one that I don't because I can't Groot forget. is stretchy uh-huh. and uh, extrem- is big and strong, and Extremis is fiery explosion powers. Yeah, so he's basically going to have Super Scrolls. Fantastic Four powers, except from other people. The only one Whatever that a Frost Beast does. The only one that doesn't match up is the Frost Beast Invisible Woman. Um, Turns glass? That's, yeah, because the Frost Beast is the giant monster that Thor kills in the first Thor when they go to Jotunheim, when he throws Mjolnir through its mouth and out the back of its head. Yeah. Also, how they get a hold of that? Well, because it ended up on Earth after uh, at the end of it was the post credit scene of Dark World. That's Dark World remember. continuing to be somehow the most important movie. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't remember at all what those things They don't did. have any special power. It's just a big monster. Okay. So okay. any special power it has would be new. So like when I, I was a... Uh, I think I said this in the Discord um, and also in one of the group chats that I'm in where we talk about the episodes. And I was like, Groot stretches. Um, so Groot, Mr. Fantastic. And... You know, I list all that, and the only thing, Frost Beast is a fourth person. <laughs> Invisible Woman is also a fourth person. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that that's how it goes. I mean, the only thing I can think of where you might get some kind of uh, parallel is that uh, Invisible Woman can create force fields and barriers, mm. and maybe the Frost Beast can create barriers out of ice. I don't know. That would be mm. your, uh, your closest thing there. But at least three out of the four are one-to-one matches with members of the Fantastic Four. Sure. It is interesting to do this at all because you think this could have been a cute little way to shoehorn in the Fantastic Four that we keep waiting to hear about. I mean, I'm I'm glad that they're doing it this way because it would have been... All of us, this show would have been completely overtaken if they, sure. this is how they decided to introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU proper. You say that, but we wanted them to do it, it in three other shows. <laughs> doesn't it also make sense that if you're going to have the Super Scroll to have Fantastic yeah, Four? Yeah, it does. But we got scrolls so much earlier than we got the Fantastic Four. Sure. For it to fit into the MCU as it stands right now, this was the only way. I mean, there are a lot of things that would have made sense with the Fantastic Four that could not have been done with the Fantastic Four. Uh, like, I remember Danny saying that Quantumania should have been a Fantastic Four movie instead of an Ant-Man movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it makes sense if you think about it that way. Um, we've gotten so many things from Fantastic Four without them, but we're already doing a story focused on the Skrulls, they didn't want to wait for the Fantastic Four because in the MCU, the Skrulls are most closely associated with Fury and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So adding the Fantastic Four to the mix, just because they have a history in the comics, doesn't mean that that necessarily is going to translate to the MCU. And a meaningful Skrull story would be about Nick Fury. So I think this was a very clever way to incorporate basically Super Skrull at least Super Scrolls power sets, but differently in a way that makes sense and has kind of some fun callbacks for us 
in this okay. in this universe. Here is a stork. All four of these things that have their own individual powers, before they put them all into one being, they're testing them on individual people, and those are the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. That's how we, we get them. Like, hey, all these four people survived. Smash them all together now. So they're going to be scrolls <laughs> and Fantastic Four. My lukewarm stork is that by the end of this... Uh, Why gravic- does the temperature of the bird matter? Because <laughs> it's—I I don't think it's like a very hot take. I think oh. it's like a pretty lukewarm take. Okay. Uh, is maybe by the end of this, Gravik is like, I lost. These powers weren't good enough. I need to find new, better powers. Hmm. And maybe we don't even know see who the Fantastic Four is. But we get like a little, like a little like, I, this isn't good enough. I need something more. Frost I think more. Beast wasn't good enough. Pro- yeah. <laughs> I just need to replace that one. And if, I can get, and if I can get others that are the same, but maybe look a little bit different, I'd love to stretch without turning into a tree. That would be pretty neat. I think some rocks would help my yeah. big and strong yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I could do a little clobber in. Well, and maybe Gravik doesn't even, yeah, maybe he uses like his, maybe he's like second in command is the one that gets all these powers. And Gravik is like for the second trip, I'm the one that's going to take everything. And then I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we could certainly get a Fantastic Four-based Super Scroll somewhere down the line. I think by the end of this, we get at least... Here's my declaration. All right. (laughs) I declare that by the end of this, we get at least some nod to the Fantastic Four. I'm not saying we get a cast. I'm not saying... Super Scroll. (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) But yeah, I know what you mean. Something more than that. Yeah. Uh, Some sort of wink, some sort of type of thing that... Someone's going to say the word fantastic, and you're going to be like, that's it. Yeah, this is fantastic for Somebody's you. Somebody's gonna say <gasps> the number, the number four. <laughs> so Thirty-four. <laughs> uh, so Gaia is interrupted by Gravik, but she hides what she was doing. They have a conversation, and he talks about he initially thought Gaia might have been a spy for Talos, and when she first joined him. He then reveals that they found Brogan's location and takes her with him to go free the captured rebel. He knows exactly what like. She seems really scared. I think she by the end uh, by in this episode, I think it's you're supposed to believe that she did go tell her dad to try to stop it and was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. I think he knows all of that. Oh, the way that he like wouldn't look at her in the car. Yeah. yeah. Like after this scene was very much like and also I don't think he took the I don't think he had what's his name shot because he leaked information. I think he had him shot as an example to Gaia. Yeah, Ooh, I, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, another really violent thing. Yeah, I I cut this out actually, for, but in the Collider um, summary, I I tried to cut out like where there was just commentary instead sure. of summary. Sure. Uh, but one of the things that they said was that you know when we see Gaia on the phone, they think that she was the one that called the police that showed up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he definitely knows. Yeah. Um I don't know. She's she's in danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she'll be used as bait here pretty soon. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, Brogan does the usual posturing, refusing to reveal anything to Sonya, but she injects him with a chemical that causes his blood to boil. Chemical X. <laughs> the excruciating pain is more than enough to loosen Brogan's tongue. While the scroll prisoner doesn't know where Gravik is, he does drop a detail about the machine they're building, says that he thinks it will make the scroll stronger. She asks who's helping them, and after some more pain, Brogan confesses that it's a married couple named Dalton. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know much about them. He claimed that was a lie later. So. Gaia and Gravik, along with Pagan and Beto, make it to Brogan's location. Gravik and Pagan go in, leaving Gaia and Beto in the car. Did you think about Bet for Beto? The Texas? Bet on Beto? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the former presidential candidate? Yes. Is that why you're laughing? I'm just laughing because... Gravik and Pac- uh, just all these names in a row. <laughs> it's, it's really tough. Amusing to me. It's really tough. Yeah. Didn't, at least you didn't get pepperoncinied again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Jojo and kill all the Russians uh, standing guard. Gaia leaves Beto saying she's going to go around the back and check on things. Gravik and Pagan rescue Brogan, but Sonya escapes through a secret hatch. Gaia hides and makes a call talking in Russian. Gravik asks Brogan what he told the authorities, but Brogan lies and says he said nothing. Oh, if anyone speaks Russian, can you just tell us what she said? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Gravik notices the escape hatch Sonya used. After driving away, the scrolls find police waiting for them at their safe house. Gravik has them drive out into the woods where Pagan executes Brogan. In the final moments of the episode, Fury heads to a storage facility where he picks up a vehicle and drives out into the countryside. We are then shown a house where a female scroll is working in the kitchen. Fury walks in and meets the scroll, now in human form. She asks him, aren't you forgetting something? And Fury steps out of the kitchen, returning with a wedding ring, which he then puts on his finger before kissing her. And that is how we're introduced to Priscilla Fury, Nick's wife, and possibly a scroll agent. Let me tell you something. It might not have been Talos, but I'm taking a victory lap yeah. because I said Nick Fury was fucking a scroll and, and I was right. I don't know if he used that exact phrase. Let me tell but, you something. So that's what he meant by when he's out. Oh, he's yeah. in. He, <laughs> he wasn't like, I wonder if uh, Ta- Talos and Fury are romantically involved. He was like, I wonder if they're boning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did have the whole thing of, I thought uh, Gravit could have been his son. That is true. Um, do we think that he knows she's a scroll? I think he does. I, because she was a she was in scroll form. I think before is, he made it to the kitchen, she changed. I think it's a bait and switch. I not a bait and switch. I think it's supposed to like be like, oh, I wonder if he knows. And by the next episode, we're gonna be like, oh yeah, he knows. Yeah, because I if I were a secret scroll who's been spying on Nick Fury and pretending to be his wife, I don't think I would be casually cutting cucumbers in my scroll form. And be I like, agree. hear the door, like, oh, I better turn into a human now. <laughs> hmm. But then why do it at all? I don't know. Why not? I think yeah. it's like the scroll equivalent of like putting on makeup to impress yeah, yeah. to yeah. impress someone, or yeah, yeah. yeah mm. I think he knows. Um, now who she is aligned with i don't know like if she's with the bad scrolls i think maybe there's that's supposed to be another like question yeah. like oh is she actually part of gravik's crew i don't think she is i think we have been we don't need too many betrayals i think we've been told too many times by people around nick fury how stupid he is that 
the whole point is about how Nick Fury actually isn't that stupid. Yeah. Like, I think, we, we're, like, everyone around Nick Fury right now is being like, Nick Fury, you're not how you used to be. You don't know what's going on. You're not aware of your surroundings. And there's going to be an episode probably pretty soon where it's going to be like, oh, he was actually aware of his surroundings the whole time and knew yeah. all of what was going on because he's fucking Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she's fucking yeah. Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I know who isn't. <laughs> Talos. Damn it, man! I was really, I was really shipping those two, dude. The only reason I, the only reason I was not a hundred percent on board with it is because we are led to believe that his wife recently died. That's fair. I don't think he would have moved on to his best friend that quickly. What if they were in like a? What if they were in like a thruple? I mean, we don't know a a, a scruple. A A scruple. That's what they call it. A scruple. Do you think when they're in their rooms outside to let other scrolls know they put down an upside down scroll apple? Oh my god! <laughs> an upside down apple? When they no, go scroll on apple. A, when okay. they go on a, okay, no, a but cruise, I, I, I need I need us to back up into the real world for a second. Upside down apples? Pineapple. Pineapples. Oh, that's a swinger thing. That is oh. that is how they identify. That's how you can identify it. So I specifically, an upside down pineapple. So if you go on a okay. cruise and you see someone's door that has like a pineapple magnet and it's upside down, that's the tell. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have. The, that's I guess the room probably you go reason I've never if you want that. a party. <laughs> I'm thinking about now that the, the, the Zonai at the end of the shrines. My wife and I saw you from across the shrine. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so where do you guys think this is headed? I think this is headed in a... I, We'll say it already. I like this episode a lot more than the oh, first yeah, one. Oh, yeah, me too. I thought me this too. was much better than the first episode. The first one had a really weird showing. And I think this one does a better job of showing what the show is yeah. and maybe like giving you a better idea of where the direction is going. I think it still spends... A, a big problem I have with this show is it feels incredibly disjointed. Like Nick Fury is supposed to be the main character, but I don't even know if the show actually has a main character right now. I think we are in so many different places following so many different characters that it is a story about what this event thing that is happening and less about a person's journey through that thing. I think as the show goes on, we'll get a better focus on what's going on specifically with Nick Fury and maybe hone in on him a little more. But this episode and the first episode were very... To me, at least, maybe not the first one as much. This one, a little more. We're very like, here's what's going on everywhere. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. Um, it's just an observation. Hmm. Where do you guys think this is going? Uh, tough to say. I don't think I agree with you guys about your take on the wife at the end. Oh, interesting. I think oh. I, 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 th- I think he doesn't know. I'm. I do agree that they're gonna pull like a plot device thing of like y'all have been calling Nick Fury dumb for two three four episodes but I've known what's been going on like that I agree with but I just don't I even after the little chat I can't be convinced that she like why would she change I I feel like here's the where I would get a sticking point with this I'm just sus that's all is that Nick Fury has been interacting and has known the scrolls for like 30 years I think it is hard to tell a scroll on passing by, but I think if Nick Fury was literally married to someone as the leading scroll expert on planet Earth, I think he'd be able to eventually tell. The leading scroll expert didn't know one million of them were living on Earth. Fair, but he isn't married to one million of them. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't spend yeah. every day with them. He doesn't have 
those deep well, of interactions, those apples, right? Maybe he could. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he's, I think specifically because he is married to her and has so much knowledge about the scrolls, that I'd be surprised if he didn't know. In fact, I might dislike it if he didn't know because. To me, it doesn't make sense that he doesn't know. That would show that Nick Fury has lost a step. Yes. Because yeah. Nick Fury does not trust anyone. Mm-hmm. So if he trusts someone enough to marry that person or that scroll, as as the case may be. That Skrullson? That Skrullson. <laughs> I hope we get Phil Skrullson. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I, I think that for Nick Fury to marry someone is a big deal because he doesn't trust anyone. And marrying someone is like the ultimate trust uh, that you're putting in someone. Uh, and especially in his line of work I to marry someone. I put my trust in you. So it would, be, it would be very surprising if he didn't like, if he didn't know that she was a scroll. Mm-hmm. And it would also be very surprising if his real wife had been replaced by a scroll and he didn't know. Sure. Yeah. So I think either one of those scenarios would be surprising, and I would want them to kind of explain how he got tricked, if that were the case. Also, is this the first time he's seen her in five years? Well, I mean, that's part of why it's suspicious to me, because we're just meeting this person for the first time. We don't actually know that they're married. She might have said, aren't you forgetting something, because he has gone to some safe house where he's just chilling with his wife, and he needs to put his wedding ring on. We don't know anything about this person. That also kind of shows how little we know about Fury, too, though. Right. Still. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it is the first time. Or maybe she was up on the yeah, space station with on, him. Yeah, she could have been on Saber. Maybe they met up there. Maybe they had a little meet cute in the docking bay, yeah. you know? I don't know if there's a docking bay, but I... It would be a very good space station if it didn't have <laughs> yeah, one. So, I don't maybe know. Maybe when he disappeared for five years, she found some upside-down scroll apples. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever say you're like incognito god of war thing i did interesting what <laughs> okay well I good i haven't figured it out i so. didn't figure it out either well that's good i think he's fucking you with can me. talk about it later we will talk about it i don't want to spoil it we'll okay talk about it later okay <laughs> ratings i'll start i would give this episode man I'm between two scores i don't know what to give it i'll be generous i'll give it eight Scroll apples out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it eight surprise scrolly moons out of ten. Mm. Pichrino? I gave it a, I gave last week a seven, right? Yes. Yeah. I think this one gets seven and a half scroll improvements out of eight, out of ten. Okay. Out of eight. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a, Big step up from last week. I agree. I, I, I am now. I'm on board with the show now. Yeah. In the way I was not last week. Same. I think it's much better this week. I'm excited to see where it's going. Yeah. Um. And before we get on to recommendations and everything, I want to let everybody know that we still have like a couple. We know we still got a couple Marvel movies to do. We still have a. What do we got? Quantum Mania, Wakanda Forever, Guardians, Guardians Volume 3. Did we do Love and Thunder? We did Love, we and, did Love and Thunder. We did Love yeah. and Thunder. Uh, and then obviously we're going to do a Beyond the Spider-Verse because yeah. we have to. I could watch that movie a million times and never get bored. Yeah, we got to. So let's get on to our recommendations. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. Guys, 
Do you have a recommendation for our listeners to help them get through their week? Um, I'll throw out a a, a quick one. Uh, I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial Sorry. of Destiny this morning. Oh shit! Did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Uh, this is gonna sound like not a ringing endorsement when I say this, but I think it is a middle of the pack Indiana Jones movie. That's not a bad thing to be, though. Ooh, I'm going after you. Because uh, I think <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, I think those two movies are damn near perfect adventure movies. Um, and I thought this one was a lot of fun. Uh, it was kind The movie itself is not sad, but it is kind of sad watching it, knowing this is the last time that he's going to play Indiana Jones. And you just kind of feel that. And an added bit of sadness, knowing that this is probably the last movie John Williams is ever going to score as well. He said that this is probably his last one. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's he wants to go on. I mean, he's in his 90s. He's in his 90s? I know. He's that a, is... The man is a superhero. He looks... What the fuck? Yeah, you would... I, if I had to guess, like, if you showed me John Williams, I would guess he's in his 70s. He, lo- uh, he <laughs> looks you, and sounds If you showed incredible. me John Williams, I'd be like, holy shit, John Williams. <laughs> oh, my God, John Williams is here. Um... <laughs> But he, uh, he a said, talking muffin. Yeah, he said he wants to kind of focus on writing some stuff for concert settings now. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed the movie uh, quite a bit. Um, some fun bits. Uh, like I said, certainly not as good as the best of the Indiana Jones movies, but still a good time. Still worth seeing. Um, I liked a lot of the, some of the new characters that they introduced in this, and yeah, it was it was fun. Definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed it. Upon further inspection of Google Images, he do be looking like 91. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just didn't realize he was that old. Uh, Damn, what a legend. He really is. Yeah. Uh, piggybacking off of Chris's sort of, I wanted to recommend something to our viewers. If you want to actually go and watch the best Harrison Ford performance of the past probably 20 years, then you need to go on Apple TV Plus and you need to watch Shrinking because it is, he is so great in that show. So great. It is a dark comedy starring Jason Siegel where he plays a therapist who recently lost his wife and he continues doing therapy during this time. And so he sort of helps people while he's battling his own grief, it's very good. It is funny. It is sad. It is heartwarming. If you are a fan of Ted Lasso, I would say it is Ted Lasso, maybe a little sadder than Ted Lasso, um, but still very funny. Brett Goldstein is one of the creators and writers on it. Um, Hercules. Hercules, yes. Heracles. Roy Kent. Heracles <laughs> uh, himself. Um, he is on Scrolliclus. there. Scrolliclus. Scroll like clicks. Yeah. It's very, very good. It's very funny, and um, it's just one of those shows similar to Ted Lasso that you finish and you you kind of feel good when you're watching it. Um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that show. I have heard very good things about it. So it yeah. is very, very good. Peach, I don't have much of a new recommendation because, like I said at the very beginning of this episode, I haven't done shit for a week other than the stuff I said I was doing. Uh, last week so I will update you because last week I recommended Black Mirror without having watched the new season and now I have watched it and I also played some more Diablo so here's my recommendation updates we don't have a jingle for that recommendation um, updates <laughs> there it is 
Uh, I liked Black Mirror season six. Um, there's my update for that. I rewatched everything so that I could just rewatch them all. There's no continuity to the stories again, so you don't have to watch them in any particular order. But I found season six was mostly pretty enjoyable. I thought three of the five episodes were uh, pretty pretty great quality, and I thought one of the episodes was probably the worst episode of Black Mirror <laughs> overall, and I thought the f- fifth one was somewhere in between. Um, there is an episode specifically, if you've seen any promos for season six, you've probably seen the one with Aaron Paul, mm-hmm. probably like a photo of Aaron Paul in a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. That episode in particular was uh i'd say that one it was like peak black mirror that one was very black mirror yeah. black mirror episode i out of all of the ones of that season i think i enjoyed that one the most yeah that is my favorite in the new season i thought that um for me you guys know how much i liked she hulk um so for me joan is awful really scratched an itch i didn't think that one was bad I, it wasn't i don't think it was amazing but i thought it was okay i thought i had a great time with it it was i've you don't laugh a lot when you watch Black Mirror. Black Mirror sure. is mostly pretty bleak. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and bleak Joan is Mirror. Awful made me laugh the whole time. It was really funny, uh, in addition to being very meta. True. So I, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, but I would recommend it overall um, still. So watch Black Mirror. And then my Diablo update is that I, <laughs> I was talking about last week how I didn't know if I'd recommend it, and I still don't really know. Uh, because the character that I chose was like super, super gear dependent. Well, guess what? I finally got the piece of gear that I needed, and it's like I'm playing a completely different game. Hey. It's crazy. It's it's the same game. I'm booting up the same game. I'm clicking on the same icon, and I feel like it's it's like a complete 180. I don't know. So so maybe I recommend it if you pick the right characters or if you luck into the right gear. <laughs> and I don't recommend it if you don't. Here, here's the deal is that's like the way that the cookie crumbles, right? That's how luck-based like looters go. It's how ARPGs go. I do think there's something to be said about a game like that where the end game difficulty is supposed to revolve around intentionally making things harder, but then your char- like I don't think the difficulty should live in the character character selection screen. If I pick a druid because I like the idea of that character's skill set, I shouldn't be penalized throughout the gameplay for picking a character that needs gear to be just as effective as the other characters. I think they should all be just as playable, and if you want to make the difficulty of the game this adjustable thing at the end of the game, that's how you make it difficult. Don't make it so if I pick a druid, I'm playing on hard mode for the whole game. In addition to the difficulty thing at the end, because I have to do that too. I don't think they disagree with you though, because the druids already were. So the druids were. It was druids and someone else were buffed after the betas because they were like trying to get them in line. Not enough, and clearly, obviously, not (laughs) enough. But like, I think that they agree with you, and I think they would love to get them in line. I, you know, maybe I'm shilling a little too much here but i think game development's really difficult and i think sure yeah i think it's really difficult especially like when you're talking about balance and parity in a game where you're talking about every character has 
close to 50 different moves they can have and you know all these different things to sort of quote unquote balance and then you have ARPG players who go in and look at it like they're looking at the matrix and <laughs> yeah. can find the most uh, broken uh, you know cost effective thing and so when you look at another character who is exactly in line with what you were intending to do and then you look at this guy who's like farting in a room and then suddenly everything is dead yeah. you yeah. know uh, I'm yeah. sure the the balance there is very well, difficult because you know if they were like, oh, well, we can just nerf these really powerful ones, people would be up in arms because one, people are grinding for this because they want to be ultra powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and two, people would be like, why don't you? Why do you always nerf things? Why can't you buff things? Video gamers have a lot of like the and same. That's, yeah. Well, and that's all fair. And I didn't. I you know I wasn't aware that they did those fine tunings. Maybe they should have tuned a little bit harder. They I don't definitely know. should have. But but, but the but what I'm saying though specifically mm-hmm. is that in a game structured like Diablo, the difficulty shouldn't be at character select. But I do think there are games that makes sense for the difficulty to be at character select. I think about fighting games whenever I talk to you because you love fighting games. I think Mm -hmm. there's absolutely a place for difficulty to be at character select in a fighting game because you have those characters that are high risk, high reward. They have a completely different play style. Some might be easy to learn initially, so their skill ceiling isn't as high. But if you take a character that's really difficult to learn and you master them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like you, like you (laughs) earned that, you know, and you can still take those two characters and have an even matchup between them. It's just the journey is completely different than the journey in an ARPG. So all that to say my update is, Hey everyone, I got the gear. I'm running around as a giant bear and I'm slapping the ground and everything dies. Let's go. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. If you'd like to email the show, you can do so. Assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so. Patreon.com slash Assembly Required. Join our Patreon-exclusive Discord. We're chatting all about Marvel and all this stuff. Every time we watch the episodes, we've got a spoiler chat in there where we go in there and we talk about the episodes. So here are our first thoughts right in there. Huge thanks to our Avengers-level patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. If you want to follow us on Twitter, too bad. Um, <laughs> they can follow us as long as they haven't looked if at you want 600 other you're, things you're one of 600 even though you can view 600 on Twitter in a matter of 12 seconds Yeah, uh, you can do so at assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com that's not the right one it's at assemblycast yeah. uh, uh, peaches uh, twitch.tv slash peaches where you can see uh, where he would stream this is where I'd put my stream if, if I, I had, had one yeah. <laughs> Oh, can I add something? Uh, uh, no. Okay. So this is gonna do it. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't. I don't tweet anymore. But um, I actually meant to mention this last week. I got a letterboxed account. I don't know if any of you have that. I did mention this in the Discord. Uh, but letterboxed is a social media kind of site where you can keep track of movies that you've watched this year, and you can rate them. You can write reviews, and it actually kind of you can mark down like I saw it on this date. I've seen this movie before. Or I haven't seen it before. You can write reviews. You can mark if your reviews have spoilers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I've been doing that because uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to watch more movies because I actually am really bad at watching movies. It's just something that I I, I have a lot of trouble sitting down and w- watching something when I'm at home. So I have been trying to make a conscious effort. We got AMC A-list, so Angela and I are going to the movies a lot more now, too. 
So if you want to follow me there, it's Letterboxd. It's Letterboxd, but no E in Boxed. So L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D dot com. And my username there is The Soundlord. All one word. So uh, Letterboxd.com slash The Soundlord is probably the easiest way to get there. Have you... This is a very, like, personal question, Chris, so I apologize for asking you on the podcast. Have you officially transitioned from Gator Sacks to The Soundlord? Um... I, 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 in a couple places at least, because um, I did change my name on, on not that I, I Twitch, but like I, I watch Twitches sometimes, you know, if, <laughs> if Peach has ever Twitched again, I would, uh, and Aww. my name, and my name is the Sound Lord there, um, and, uh, and, and Letterboxd, I was just like, ah, I want to do something different, so I, hmm. I went with the Sound Lord this time, sure, sure. so yeah, um, I, I use it a couple places. But I've dropped off of so many social media things now as well. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So it does, yeah, yeah. What is your name on uh, AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> what were your names on AOL okay, Instant yeah, Messenger? Okay, yeah, let's talk about what were our AM names back in the we day. We were trying to sign off, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. No, this is uh, this is good. I want to know uh, everyone's names. I had two, and they're both incredibly embarrassing. Yeah, same. So one was Skater Dude 758 That's not that embarrassing. Ask me if I ever skated. You do now. I do now, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was aspirational, okay? Uh, and I'll tell the second one afterwards. Go ahead. Oh, yeah? That uh, good? Uh, well, I'll do both of mine. Mine's not, it's, maybe it's not that bad. I don't know. Uh, my very first one was Z-Man 6500. What's the Z stand for? I have no idea. <laughs> if, I, if I say it, we'll have to bleep it out. Uh, Z-Man 6500 on AIM. And then... Uh, I had a friend who played a lot of Madden, and he got me into Madden 2004 and 5, and then I never really played it again. Sure. But I didn't really like football yet, so when he taught me to play Madden, I was also learning football, and I picked a random team to latch on to. I lived in Michigan at the time. I picked a random team to latch on to as my favorite football team, which was the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> so my... <laughs> My AOL username for a long time after that was Miami Dolphin and then some numbers that I won't say. Huh. Number one Miami Dolphin fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, my, not a Dol- I'm not a Dolphins fan anymore. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, mine was, and I there's a story behind it, and I don't remember what this story is, um, but it was Scoogie Man. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's SK- very scroll of you. S K O O G Y man, I think Danny and I were playing. This is, uh, we were little kids at this point, and Danny said Scoogie, and I thought that was funny, so I stole it, <laughs> and named made my aim Scoogie man. So yeah, Scoogie. what's your other one? <laughs> so my first one was Skater Dude Seven Five Eight, and then I hit a certain point in my life, and it became <laughs> it became Darkness Dude One Eighty. <laughs> You really did a 180 there. <laughs> Darkness, dude. Darkness. 180. I was a real tortured soul. No parents. I wrote a song about how sad I was. Were they the same people? I typed that username while wearing black sweatpants on each of Yo, my Yo, I had the sweatpants, wow. the hot topic. One had the Punisher on it. Yeah. The other one, I think, had the Anarchy... I had the a? happy tree friends. Nice. It's, it's weird to think about how we would not have been friends in middle school. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was well, we would have. I was oh, okay, yeah. No, actually, we, we'd be, sitting, we probably we'd be sitting near each other. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I guess it depends on what band you're in because some bands will put the all the saxes together and some of them will put the tenors by the like the baritones. Oh yeah, I was usually when I was in a band like the they'd put the tenors like behind the altos. Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'd be in the back judging you all anyway. (laughs) Yeah. My, well, okay, yeah, but yeah, well, I guess if we, were all, if we had all been in band together, then yeah, we probably would have ended up friends. Yeah. yeah okay. I well, so. I should have known the universe wouldn't keep us apart. <laughs> Darkness, man. Bro, we're like uh, the guys from The Good Place. Like, it doesn't matter what configuration. We all end up <laughs> yeah. right here we're on We're going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Who's who? We might have a... Ooh, you're from Florida. Bro, I am oh, Jason You have to be Jason. I am proud yeah. to be Jason but Mendoza. I am I am cheaty you, you levels are, of anxious you are cheaty. most yeah. of the time. You are cheaty with the way that you decide things. Yes, I am cheaty. Uh, so I, you're either very sophisticated or very trashy. But I feel like you're <laughs> neither of them. I, I'm Bomba John. Are you Janet? <laughs> Bomba John. No, you're Janet. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. <laughs> uh, what about you, Miles? <laughs> well, there's only like one dog in the show, and it gets kicked into the sun in the That's first episode. <laughs> so <laughs> it does come back though, but it doesn't know how to love. <laughs> yeah. and it definitely knows how to love. <laughs> I'm actually rewatching it right now. You know what? Let's end this podcast. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. gonna do it for this episode of a simply required an MC retrospective. We love you three thousand. Bye everybody. Excelsior. Bobbly bobbly. Yeah, let's keep talking about the scroll place. <laughs> scroll <laughs> apples. <laughs> yeah, Scrollinor was my favorite character. Scrollhani Jamil. Jason men scrolls it. The Scrollsonville Scrollguards, his favorite team. His Blake favorite Scrollball team. Scrollles. 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 Darkness, dude. What eighty? Shut the fuck up. <laughs>